We at The Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. Hey everybody, what's up? I am Cameron. And I'm Willie. And this is The Other Side of Hell. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't it feel like it? It feels good to be here. Feels like an episode of the show. Yeah. It's my favorite show. It's called The Other Side of Hell Podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. And it's good to be on this side of the table, for sure. It sure is, man. Feels good to uh, to be here with you. Yeah. Another episode. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about some stuff today. Yeah. We're going to talk Bye. about I need uh it. Uh, people pleasing. Yeah, you know anything about that, Willie? I know it causes major resentments. I know it causes a lot of negativity. Yeah, and uh, resentments being probably the the most of which. Yeah, but uh, we got this from uh, from uh, a great war story that we got today. Alex, yeah, coming from Alex. He yeah. talked a lot about people pleasing. Yeah, it story. seems it seems <clears throat> to play a big role in uh, in his uh, his venture into drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. You think it played a role in yours? Yeah, I do. It, and it's it's weird that it, the people pleasing is such a big thing because I as I as I'm rolling through the topic thinking about it like I don't know if there's anything positive that comes out of people pleasing. Like like the term itself is negative. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that there's like a, a double-sided thing to people pleasing. Like it's a negative trait. Like nothing it's it's almost it's not like you're giving it's not like people pleasing is service right right like service and people pleasing are not the same thing right right mm-hmm. and without without some type of, of program or you know positive lifestyle like people pleasing can become super negative you know and and what comes out of pleasing people is Resentment and mm-hmm. what is resentment? The number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than anything else, right? So, and I dare say other, you know, not just alcoholics, but resentment kills everybody. Like it destroys the container that it's in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, P. I think it's I think it's a good topic to to explore and discuss and kind of dissect. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree because I, I think that uh, the the thing about people pleasing is that it is sort of hard sometimes to decide like where is that line, right? right. Like we know that we're that we're supposed to be of service, we're supposed to help others, we're supposed to do that, but where is the line between helping others and and people pleasing? <laughs> yeah, you know, like um, where and, is that? Line? And it feels like the difference the difference comes in 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 what we're we're getting out of it. We know how it feels to be of service. And we know how it feels when when we're saying yes for for reasons that you know are not anything but are not humble. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I and I think that that's the thing about people pleasing is like you're absolutely right. Like it, I mean, it it destroys the container that it's in. Right, like because it builds those resentments, yep. and uh, and I think with people pleasing, it becomes difficult to uh, to know where how where and how to say no. Yeah, you know, like how how do we say no to people? Like it's it's difficult. Like I think we have to be secure enough about 
ourselves mm-hmm. in order to to be secure enough about the situation to to put our foot down and say you know what like I, I i appreciate you asking or or whatever the case is and say no because there is that fear of conflict yeah there is that fear of of reprisal from from saying no like what is that person going to think of me if i say no i'm going to disappoint them and then that person's not going to think that you know or going to think less of me and then i'm going to think less of myself and 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 so I think that you know It'd be uncomfortable. It, yeah, it takes a very <clears throat> it takes a very secure individual to to set up those boundaries mm-hmm. and, and not to be a, a people pleaser. Yeah, well, we're we're fortunate that we're this far into our program. You know, uh, it didn't start off like with this amount of confidence and and everything like that, like. You know, I have to go back and I have to understand that like my entire life was a facade for for the majority of my life. I didn't have a relationship with myself, especially I didn't have an honest relationship with myself. And so there's no way that I could have an honest relationship with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. And then my desire to be liked trumped my desire to be safe or respected, you know, so I would you know, do things to get reactions out of people or just to appease people. And then I, I didn't play, play, uh, pay close enough attention to what was happening on the inside of me emotionally to recognize and dial in the fact that I had emotion in myself. And so there's no way that I could identify that a, a resentment was building, right. Which was, which was like, toxic inside of me so i would start building this resentment against you because i was doing things that i didn't want to do anyway Mm -hmm. and then subconsciously blaming you for my discomfort and then that was separating me further from an honest emotional relationship with me i was just afraid of conflict right i didn't want to have any conflict and so it was just easier for me to just go along with whatever it was. And, and relationships were the worst, right? Like I would get into a relationship with another person, especially like a sexual relationship with another person, and then like not want to offend them, right? And not want to like hurt their feelings or anything. And so I wanted them to like me. And so I would do things in order to make sure that they liked me. And then they would gain like confidence and being able to ask me to do stuff like, Hey, would you mind like, you know, helping my parents move? And I'd be like, I don't want to fucking help your parents move, but (laughs) I would do it right. Hoping that I would get something out of it or whatever. And if my expectation, my unspoken expectation wasn't met, then I would start a a resentment towards that person because I was doing something that I didn't want to do. And then because nothing was done in service back when I was using a drink and everything was done selfishly. So I would I would please that person in in the service that they asked me to do and then gain a a resentment. And then like it was just super dysfunctional. and, And it took me a long time in recovery to be able to dissect what my behavior was and be able to get to a point where I could like recognize whether I'm in service or I'm pleasing somebody or being dishonest or. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think at the beginning, like, honestly, like, you know, early on in recovery, it just felt like I was saying yes to everything and, and probably rightly so. Like at that point and at that stage of the game, it was just like, 
Yes. Like whatever's going to keep me busy, like whatever's going to keep me Mm -hmm. out of trouble, like whatever, you know, like whatever it is you have for me, I will do. But I think specifically when we talk about people pleasing coming from a negative place, it was a lot of what was happening, you know, like while I was out using or even the reasons like that, that got me into using was like, you know, like I remember for, for example, like, you know, I had smoked weed and, and I, you know, drank a lot and, and every now and again I would take like a pain pill, but I always told myself I would never do ecstasy. Right. And, uh, and, and I think the reason for that is, is that I, I had some friends that were doing it and I saw them like crushing it up and snorting it. And that just made it feel like a real yeah. like hardcore thing, you know, it was like, yeah, like this is, this is a line that I'm not willing to cross. Right. But then, you know, I'm in a situation where, you know, I have all these people around me and and it seems as though like I'm going to be the odd man out if I say no, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be accepted. And, and these people are, are filling me with validation because they're laughing at my jokes. They're telling me I'm funny, like, you know, and, and this is all stuff that I have a hard time telling myself. Yeah. And so, like, I don't want to cut that off by saying no in this situation. Right. Right. And so, you know, then it gets to the point where it's like, hey, man, are you going to yeah, you're going to try this out? And it's like all of a sudden just. You know, I have like a two second, a two second thought of like, I said I would never do this, but oh well, here I go. You know what I mean? And I remember almost the same exact sort of thing with smoking a cigarette too. And, and I dare say that it was something similar to that situation for almost every time I crossed that line, I said I wouldn't, Yeah. you know, is always me sort of being in this situation where you know, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm afraid of cutting off the validation that I'm getting from the group right. of people around me. I'm afraid of that because I, I, I can't deal with, I can't, I don't have a place to get that validation from on my own. Right. And so if I cut that off from you, where am I going to get it? So I'm just going to keep doing what it is you're telling me to do because otherwise, like, I, I don't know how, how to get that validation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I remember that's what it was that had me crossing that line, you know, in those instances. And, and, you know, even in recovery, like I've gotten a lot better at at least recognizing that that's what's happening. Like, like that's the place I'm in. And so I think, you know, when we talk about people pleasing, like the word peer pressure comes up a lot. Like I'm in this situation where it seems like everyone around me is taking part in this negative behavior and I don't want to be an outcast. Mm -hmm. Because I spent my whole life feeling like I didn't belong, like I was different, like I was separate from or different then, you know. And so, like, I'm finally in this situation where I have an opportunity to be part of. And I got FOMO, right? Like fear of missing out. Right. I don't want that fear of missing out. So I'm going to partake in this so that I'm included in this activity and we're sharing this experience together. But, you know, little did I know that that would obviously take me to a place where I was more alone, you know, and more desperate and more, you know, in, in more self-loathing and self-pity than I would ever be before, you know? Um, and so peer pressure for me, even though it comes from, or people pleasing, it comes from this desire to, to want to feel like I belong always seems to take me to a place where I'm completely isolated, <laughs> completely alone. you know? So, so take that for what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and gosh, man, you know, this topic just makes me think of, of all the women in my life that have, have opened up my wife, especially like so much of her sexual behavior was, was brought out of, you know, that, that, 
that desire to please other people, you know, and like how many, how many, how different would our lives be if we were able to just step into confidence right off the bat, you know, Mm. but you know, that whole process that you just talked about took a long time for you to break down and understand like when, when we're in that space, we don't necessarily know that we're in that space, you know, um, and until the destruction is enough that, you know, we're willing to, to kind of step out from it. Like, eventually that's what it all boils down to right like that's what it seems like it all boils down to when my pain becomes enough for me to stop it then i when when i'm willing to stop it and so um yeah great point mm-hmm. yeah i i agree you know like i i think that one thing that you said too that i i think is is really relevant is like when i build these resentments you know it's because somebody has not met my unspoken expectations right and i and i just love that term because it's so it's so true you know like and i find myself in these situations like when i'm in a people-pleasing mode like i will say yes to you but in my mind, I'm saying yes because of an expectation that I now have of you, but I'm not going to share that expectation with you. And but I am, I am certainly <laughs> going to hold it against you when it doesn't happen. You know, and so like it, it, it's just this funny thing where, where you know, my mind, my mind. Obviously, I'm an alcoholic, and I have the mind of an alcoholic and a drug addict, and so my mind will just sort of come up with things, and I'll do that head running. And, you know, come up with these thoughts or ideas that are, are, are not serving me in any real capacity, you know. But, but I, I certainly will just believe this story that I'm telling myself when I mm. get into these people-pleasing modes where it's like, you know, I, I, I'll say yes with this expectation and definitely hold it against you when it doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, you know, I might hate you because I said yes to something you asked me to do, you know. And, and, and it's like, who wins yeah, you know? no, nobody, right? Yeah, I mean, it might seem like on 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 some sort of level that the individual who has asked me to do something has won because I have done what they've asked me to do, but at what cost? Right. You know, at the cost of jeopardizing my relationship with that individual, you know, at the cost of jeopardizing my relationship with myself because now I've got this resentment that is now poisoning me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like communication is so important and, and hopefully... Hopefully we can all get to a point where we can have people in our lives where we can communicate this stuff. But what what generally ends up happening in the situation that you're talking about is that you Mm self-destruct, right? Like now all of a sudden over this entire thing, this inability to communicate uh, the situation that we're in, we implode. And now the person that we're, we're pleasing are getting further and further away from us emotionally. We're isolating more and more and more. The confusion continues to grow and grow and grow. And then what ends up happening is at some point I need to self-medicate, right? Like I need to change the way that I feel somehow, some way, because I can't stand the way that I feel. And if, if I'm not conscious of what's going on with me, then I'll live in darkness and try to explain what I'm doing through just insane manners. Like I, I won't even know what's going on. And so I'm going to start grabbing for different solutions that ultimately end up leading me further down the path of destruction. Like 
overeating, using drugs, mm-hmm. using people, just acting out sexually, getting violent, becoming angry. Angry is a huge one when it comes to resentments and people pleasing, right? Like we, we start getting angry and then oftentimes we won't even, we won't even direct it in the right place. Right. Because it, it's always us. Yeah, right. Right. It's always me. Like, like not expressing what's going on with me, but then I react negatively towards the people that that love me you know and now all of a sudden i'm getting snappy and angry and yelling at people and getting in fights and reacting violently yeah and Mm -hmm. and everybody like what the fuck is going on with willie you know and it i didn't express this one thing and and i went down a, a path of danger by trying to please you and and nobody deserves that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know nobody deserves that you know mm-hmm. and so it's hard for me it's hard for me to um go to the type of person i was when i was using and drinking and and express what it was like to people please then because um i'm at where i'm at now and i i'll still go there right mm-hmm. i'll still go there and it's different because I'll find myself through a process, I'll find myself able to deal with it a little bit better, right? Through through um, trial and error, right? I've been able to like express different situations. Like if I don't want to do something for my wife or my parents or, you know, for the podcast or whatever, you know, I'm able to say no today, but I still have to go through this crazy process of, of like processing what's going on inside of me and why I'm afraid to say no and why it seems like it's easier for me to just hide it and just go through it and deal with the resentment or whatever. And then what I found is that I put myself in a place where people love me. I make myself vulnerable and then I express it openly and find that it's usually well received. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so we have to try it, right? If, If you're people pleasing, and you're doing stuff that you don't want to do, like try saying no. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to, you have to get to a solution, or else you're going to implode. Right. Right. Period. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing you know that I took from what you were <clears throat> saying is just that that the way to, the way to combat it is just to be honest, which for me is is a struggle. Like I have a hard time like being honest, and and maybe not maybe not being honest, but being open. You know, mm-hmm. like like sharing how I really, really feel about something or how I'm really, really feeling about something, you know. Right. So it's like if I if I say no, even if I do say no, like sometimes I'll say no and give you a different excuse, you know, as opposed to like what what's really going on or how I'm really feeling because I'm afraid that judgment's going to come from it. I'm afraid that you're, you know, going to retaliate somehow or or, uh, you know, abandon me or, or, you know, name the number of different negative things that could happen as a result of me being honest, you mm-hmm. know, which keeps me in fear, which is why I hold back, you know, from it. But, but that honesty and that open communication is, is the only way for me to, to deal with that in a healthy and positive mm-hmm. way, which is like what you're saying, you know, like if I try it and it's well received, then I'm more apt to do it again. Mm-hmm. Know, I'm more likely to be honest and open again. Yeah. And so, but it, it takes time. It's a process. It's not anything that I've figured out how to do, you know, even still, you know, like it's not anything that I, I know how to do all the time. I'm getting better, getting better. You know, I'm getting better at it. Um, and that's really all that I can ask for today is like this, this progression, you know? Yeah. And, and so, 
I don't know. Like it's it's a tricky thing. It is, and I and I don't want it to give the impression that like it's okay to just say no to everything that's asked of you right. either. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna have to, you know, if you're if you're in a relationship, if if you're part of a community, if you're relied on in any way, <clears throat> you're gonna be asked to do things that you're not necessarily gonna want to do all the time, you know, and 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 like using the excuse of, well, I'm not a people pleaser isn't okay either. Right. Like there's got to be a balance there because you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. You're going to have to do things for the people that you love that you don't want to do. And that's okay. And what we're talking about is, is for like when the people that love us get into a trend of like making themselves above everything else that you have going on in your life. And so like being able to navigate through these conversations and, and prioritize your life helps with that stuff, you know? So like if you're asked to do something and, and you're able to do that thing, even if you don't want to do it, then it's probably a good idea to be of service to the people that you mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. However, if you're being asked to do some things that, um, that you have to drop other priorities to like, you have to, you have to figure out what the priority is in right. your life. And that, that will help so that, the other person in your life can understand that, you know, I have these things going on as well and you're important and I'm important and this is important. And so like communication again is key mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the process of not pleasing people like we're, we aren't children anymore. Right. Um, you know, we're not like kids anymore. Like, you know, I, when I was a kid, the only thing I had to do was, to try and impress you basically, Mm -hmm. you know, but now I'm a father and a business owner and, you know, a podcaster part of this team. And so I have to be responsible for the way that I behave. And if I get wrapped up in, um, like that negativity of pleasing people just to make sure that you're happy at the cost of my own serenity, then then I'm, then I'm no longer of service to anybody because I'm wrapped up in my own Mm dis-ease. Then I'm back in selfishness, which if I'm going to be living in selfishness, I might as well be living drunk. Like that's the same thing that I was when I was drinking and using all the time. Mm -hmm. Unavailable. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Like I like how it circles back to, you know, ultimately being selfish again, like, which is funny because it doesn't seem like that is, is how it starts, right? Like I'm not saying yes out of selfishness, but it will circle back to this place of, of, of self-isolation, you know, like it will go through the process where I begin to, I begin to harbor that resentment and thus I'm no longer myself. I'm not present. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, stuck up in my head thinking these negative thoughts and and now I'm not of service to anybody. Mm-hmm. So like it comes back to like if I can think about it like that and and obviously it's it's not an easy thing to think about by saying no, you know, I'm actually taking care of myself. But I think that that's ultimately like what it comes down to like listen, I care enough about me because I have to put me first. And you need to understand that by me putting me first, I am more available to you than if I say yes right now. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so like by me putting myself first and saying no, I'm actually doing you more of a service. Yeah. You know, and I think that that is a, it's a difficult thing to expect other people to get. Right. I guess. And, and maybe that's the thing is like maybe we underestimate people. Like maybe people do, Absolutely. You know, like maybe people will actually respect that. And I think that that's the difference is like, 
having enough faith in humanity and the people that we interact with and the people that are asking us to do things to expect them to, to understand that if I say no, they're going to be cool with it. And if they're not, then maybe I don't need to have them around. Right. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, there's consequences to all this stuff, right? Like as you were, as you were sharing, I was thinking about a situation where, you know, we had a mutual friend that generally, even though, uh, we could see and sometimes point out to that person, like, are you sure you're not people pleasing right now? Or you're not working on like, is this something that you really want to do? What ended up, what ended up happening was that person would, would, would do things that they didn't want to do. They wouldn't communicate the way that that made them feel. And then what ultimately came out of that, the negative consequence was it, they blew up. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. upset. And we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before where they use anger. Right. Right. To, to push you out of their life. Right. Like, okay, I don't like the way that you're making me feel because I'm doing things that I don't want to do, but I'm not communicating that thing. So I'm going to result, I'm going to revert back to anger. I'm going to show you anger. And hopefully in that you will never ask me to do anything again, Mm -hmm. because now the confrontation is there. And with the confrontation that makes you uncomfortable and I can establish my status as a person that's untouchable. And it's just a super unhealthy way to deal with not being able to communicate the fact that at that moment, it wasn't a good time for you. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. when, when that, that's basically all it boils down to, because you and I both know that if our loved one comes to us, you know, like, and, and there's varying degrees and like, we do better some days than other ones, but like I, people pleasing, I, for some reason, I just tend to think of my wife, like <laughs> I always thinking like, because I'm in a very deep relationship with her. And so like, I don't want that's the person you interact with the most. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to do things and you compromise for, yeah, I don't want to do things for her that are going to cause resentments in me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, I don't want to become that person where I'm like doing all these things, uh, against other stuff that I, that are, that's important to me. And then me gaining this resentment and then I blow up and like use subconsciously use anger against her so that she just leaves me alone completely like, oh, well, fuck, I'm not going to, I'm not deal with that shit. Didn't like how that felt. You know, I'm not going to do that again. I guess I won't ask you to do anything anymore right. because I, I love being of service. I love being part of that team, but I am an alcoholic and a drug addict and selfish and, and I have all these things. And so if my program isn't dialed in, right, mm-hmm. then I find myself doing destructive behaviors. And, and that's, what's so great about the podcast and, and what you and I do and, you know, as, as we talk as friends and process and use the program that I'm, I'm able to navigate through this stuff a little bit better, but it wasn't always this easy. No, no. You know, it's been, it's been years and years and years of trial and error and working through these things and figuring out what works and doesn't work and who's important and not important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how much energy I want to put into it and all, all those things, you know? So like, yeah. Have you ever found yourself on the receiving end of a no and and use that to harbor resentment? Oh, fuck yeah. Sure. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like getting told no. I want what I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) especially like 
it becomes now it becomes an opportunity to exercise patience right? yeah and and understanding and compassion and and but nobody likes being told no no nobody likes it like obviously we're asking you a question and wanting a yes for a reason like yeah. we have needs we need these needs to be met we need you to meet them you know like like people are asking those questions hoping for a specific answer so anytime we don't get that specific answer of course there's going to be disappointment of course there's going to be you know like a little heartbreak or depending on what the question is you know but like we'll get over it yeah they'll get over it like hopefully they'll come to a point we'll come to a point of understanding and compassion and be like you know what yeah you're absolutely right you got a lot going on like totally okay i'll figure something out you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um but but i think that it's 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 this crazy this crazy world we have with all these emotions, like we want to complicate it though. Right. Because we're fucking alcoholic. And so we want to overcomplicate this shit out of something. The bottom line is if somebody asks us to do something that is, that is somehow going to cause us uh, a negative detrimental impact, we should be able to say no. Right. I mean, that's it. Or at least process why we're saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it, and it feels like it should be that simple, but we want to complicate it and just be like, yeah, but if I say no, they're not going to like me. And then they're not going to be asked me to, you know, be around anymore. And then they're going to tell Becky and Becky's going to tell Susan and Susan's going to tell Karen. Veronica and Karen. And then Karen's going to get mad, <laughs> you know? Well, it's because it's caused us pain in the past, right? right. Like, like, like we, we are great remembers. Like, it seems like, I can always remember the fear of something more than I can remember the pain of something. Like, mm. like, like we're great forgivers. Like we forget pain, but it seems like we remember. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I can re- I can remember what it felt like fearing being told no a lot more than I can remember the pain of being told no. Like, it's like the fear is greater than the actual thing. And so, like, we learn this stuff, we learn the, the process of how we're thinking over time, right? We learn that what, what's going on with us is ultimately it puts us in a place where we don't feel safe and we're afraid we're going to be alone. And if we're alone, we're going to die. Like, that, mm-hmm. that whole thing, you know, the, the cunning, baffling, and powerful part of the disease of alcoholism, mm-hmm. the brain that is evolved to keep me alive with a mind that wants to kill me will try to convince me at time to time that everybody is against me. Right. And people pleasing is a perfect place for me to start that victim mindset. Like Mm -hmm. perfect, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and you know, me, me like not being pleased is just as dangerous a place as me pleasing. Right. But I have to get to a place where I can trust the world around me through my own actions. Like if I can trust me, to do the right thing, then I can trust that you as well will try to do the right thing. Sure, sure. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the hope, right? That's mm-hmm. the hope is that we'll get to a place where the, our world becomes, our universe becomes a healthy, happy environment, right? It's no longer a dangerous universe. It's a, it's a, it's a friendly universe, mm-hmm. right? And and so we attract people into our lives. And we always make the next step. Like we're the dictator, like like we're the director of the action in order to take. So if I find myself in a place where I'm pleasing people to a negative point, then I need to do the work to find myself 
to be able to talk to somebody else about it. And, and unfortunately, sometimes people are going to be gone. You know, right. As yeah. We, <clears throat> as we weed the garden of our life and, and, and move down this path of health and wellness, some people aren't going to be ready for that. Yeah. Right. And, and like, I don't have the right to kill myself because you don't want to get well mm. anymore. Not anymore. Right. There was a place where I could do that at one time, but it's not there anymore. Like now I've decided that I want a relationship with me. I want an honest relationship. I want a loving relationship with myself. And so I have to do the work to get to that place. And that means getting uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the other thing that it means that, that I think you're alluding to, or at least, you know, it definitely ties into what you're saying is it means healthy boundaries. Yeah. It means loving distance, you know, like if boundaries, if I have somebody that is, is asking me to do things that I know to be detrimental and that they should know too, you know, are detrimental to my health and my overall sense of well being, then that person's, you know, I've got to love them from a distance. Mm -hmm. I've got to set up some healthy boundaries that, you know, will ensure that, that they're not going to put me in a position where I'm jeopardizing me, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, whatever that looks like, whether it means I, I, I can't talk to you anymore, or we can't interact in this certain way, or there's, you know, certain things that we, we, we can't do together. Like, that's just how it has to be for me, mm-hmm. for myself, like, or I'm likely to do something that will, you know, lead me down a path where, you know, I could, I could drink. Right. And, and, and I no longer want that in my life today. You know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think we'll probably do another episode on boundaries because I think it's uh, it's definitely a topic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, but what a great what a great, you know, um, I guess uh, side conversation to have just about, you know, boundaries when it comes to people pleasing. Like, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a sidecar to it. Definitely for sidecar sure. to the antidote. Like not only do I have to be honest and open and vulnerable in the, in the reasons why I'm saying no. And not only do I have to do the work to decide like, you know, what, what is my, um, what is my perspective on, on saying yes? Am I saying yes with resentment or am I saying yes with the idea of doing service? Um, you know, like w- what's, what's my mindset, you know, behind all these actions and am I in a situation where I need to set up, you know, healthy boundaries? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot to think about in these situations. There, and, there is. And let me ask you this, like, cause I'm kind of thinking about it, um, in this, in this way where it's like, did, did you ever have a situation when you were out there using and drinking where you maybe tried to peer pressure somebody oh, and yeah. they did say no? Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any idea what that person's up to nowadays? I'm just wondering, like, like, because I'm sure at the time that, you know, like if I would have tried to peer pressure somebody and they said, no, I probably would have been like, oh, whatever, dude, like, oh, what better (laughs) than me? You know what I mean? But like in, in these instances of myself, like I think about these people that I may, that may have said no to me, like as far as peer pressure goes. And I I guarantee like where they were in their lives, like compared to where I was in my life is like night and day difference. And so it's like, dude, like if I, if I'm not in a position to see that, you know, like that person telling me no is better for them than them saying yes, then there's something wrong with me. Right. Right. But obviously, you know, it, it goes without saying, especially when I was using and drinking that 
I'm looking for a yes from that person for very selfish reasons. <laughs> like I, there's like no part of me that's like, dude, you're going to enjoy yourself. Fuck that. Like yeah. I'm going to enjoy it if you're fucked up. Like right. it has nothing to do with you. You know what I mean? Right. Like misery loves company and come along with me on this ride. You know? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just funny to me, you know, to think about what life was like, you know, back then. And, and, and I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a trip, man. It is. Glad to be this far. Just, just compromise after compromise after compromise. Right. Like, like never, never even giving myself a fair shake, just trying to drag the world down. I'm down here. You need to come with me, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. I would, I, you know, let me ask you this. Um, cause while we're talking, I'm, I'm wondering, like, do you think you're in a place where you could explain to somebody how they would know if they're, being a people pleaser or like, or being of service or being of service. Like, is there, is like, are there some mark? Cause, cause for me, there's some markers, you know, but I've done enough work to be able to recognize what a resentment feels for me, you know? But mm-hmm. like, do you think you could, t- could say like, yeah, if, I think if somebody asked me, like I, I would say, well, like what, 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 how, how does it make you feel that that person's asking you what's your overall relationship like with this individual? Like what's your past like, like what, what, what is your motivation for saying yes? Like, what is their motivation for asking? Like, you know, like, do you have time? Yeah. Do you, do you have time? Like, what is it, what are you giving up to do that? You know? Um, and, and how are you going to feel when it's done? You know, not, not to say that I always know how I'm going to feel when it's over, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what are your markers? Well, I like, you know, as you're talking, I'm like processing through all this stuff and I'm like, I wonder, it kind of depends on the situation and the person, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but for, for me, I, I I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Like my initial reaction to anything asked of me is almost always no. Oh yeah. Like right out of the rip, like almost always I fucking don't want to do that. that. Right. And so, um, uh, depending on the space that I'm at. Right. It's once, once I get through that. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Hold on. I love you. I'm thinking me, no, because I always think no, I'm but thinking no, yeah. because I'm self is fucking like, what, what else would I rather do? Right. Like, so, so the next thing that, that I would, I would do is like consider my relationship with that person, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, what is my relationship and what is it that they're requesting of me? Right. Mm-hmm. So, people don't people don't peer pressure me to like engage in negative behavior anymore like the right. boundaries have been set and so like it's not like anybody's going to ask me to go out and drink with them mm-hmm. you know because i don't have those people in my life right you know if anybody asks me if i want to drink it's cuz they just met me yeah they don't know they don't know mm-hmm. me at all mm-hmm. and my answer is going to be no thank you you know have one for me i've had enough or you know whatever that answer is going to be more often now is like you, you want a piece of candy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No thanks, I'm good on that. But you know, what is my relationship with this person? What is it they're asking me to do? And how do I feel about it? Now, there are certain people in my life that will make requests that um are super difficult for me. You know, I I think more of like my customers or mm. or employer mm-hmm. employees or, or something like that, but <clears throat> what's my relationship with them? Do I have time for this? What am I compromising? 
right? Mm-hmm. All, all the same things that you said, but yeah. I go off of how I feel and what the ultimate end result will be of that situation. Right. And so, you know, sponsees are a great one, you yeah. know, especially the new guy. The, the new guy is going to gonna want, want some certain things, and I have to set up boundaries and be like, I don't do that. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not here to, to give you money, give you mm-hmm. job. My my role as a sponsor is to walk you through the steps the yeah. way that I was walked through the steps. Mm-hmm. And then everything comes of service from that because I've I've found, you know, situations where I've gone out of my way with unset expectations. So, you know, the, the better I set up the relationship in the beginning of the conversation, right, the easier it is for me to maintain my boundaries. Like if I go into any new relationship, especially with the understanding of who I am and what my boundaries are, mm-hmm. communicate, mm-hmm. it's usually well received. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Well, and appreciate it too. Like it's, it's important, I think, especially like not, I mean, it's, it's important for everybody involved. It's important for me to set those boundaries so that, so that you know exactly what my expectations are, especially when you're talking about like a sponsee sponsor relationship, you know, like if I'm in a position where, you know, I'm mentoring somebody, like it needs to be clear, like what the expectations are, what it is I'm able to offer you, what it is you can expect from me. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, you know, like anytime that I set those boundaries right out, right out of the gate, like it's, it's going to make for a more fluid relationship and that's what we're looking for here is like we want this relationship to be as harmonious as possible so that i can be a better service and you can be you know a a a better student yeah friend yeah yeah like better whatever um but yeah like i think that uh that that setting those boundaries and establishing those you know those um guidelines are are critical especially when you first meet somebody for sure yeah i dig it man you know it's 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 a fun conversation to navigate right for sure the difference between pleasing people and being of service um i think that people pleasing is never a good thing it's taken me it's taken me to some weird places yeah know? it's 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 taken a lot of us alcoholics to weird yeah. places you know and that includes alex alex you know? <laughs> and alex you know like he talks about it quite a bit in his story you know just these these moments where you know like for whatever reason he he decided he needed to say yes to these individuals and it and it led him to a place where ultimately yeah. you know his life became unmanageable completely yeah and and his freedom was taken as a result yeah. of mm-hmm. some of it you know so Mm-hmm. You spent some time in jail. Yeah. yeah. Great story, you know, from an athlete to a drug dealer to, you know, uh, going to prison to, you know, uh, treatment program back, back to now he's a husband, father. Yeah. And, yeah. Like savage. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's such a badass man. And, and I appreciate him sharing his story. Yeah. Me too. I got and a lot I, out of it. I, I think that uh, I got a lot out of it too. I'm glad you did, and and I think our audience will get a lot out of it too. So, let's uh, let's have yeah. Alex give his story. So, without further ado, here is Alex's war story. My name is Alex Ingram. I'm from Southern California. Grew up in San Fernando Valley, Santa Cruz Valley, and my story of addiction began after high school. My first year in college, I was an athlete all throughout 
uh, high school, played basketball, and had dreams and aspirations of being becoming a professional basketball player. That was my vision. And when I got to the local junior college, my first year there, I had an injury that caused me to have to sit the whole season out uh, for the first time in my life. I was on the sidelines watching, couldn't train, I couldn't play, and I, I, I didn't know how to handle it. Um, you know, I was, you could say, somewhat depressed, and it just so happened for uh, quite a few of the guys on my team came from the inner city. Uh, some were from South Central, Long Beach, Compton, and most of these dudes, they smoked weed like that was their thing. And I had tried weed like a few times in high school, but never got on it. I shut it down real quick or got shut down real quick. And partying, alcohol, drugs was never my thing in high school. I was always focused on basketball. And I even got kind of made fun of by, you know, family, friends. Like, oh, all you do is you don't even have a girlfriend. You don't date. You just are you gay? Like, you don't even, I just didn't go out. It was all about basketball, you know? And so that was, that was who I was at the core. But however, I started to lose my identity in college, wanting to fit in with these guys, wanting to impress them, wanting to be cool. And I found myself, now I started smoking weed, you know, I had all this free time on my hands. I was depressed and just started to, to, to let my feelings just run rampant, you know, on me. And um, so, yeah, it, it became about be, being a people pleaser. And so once I started smoking weed, next thing you know, um, I'm selling it because I decided that, hey, I can smoke for free if I just sell it. You know, that was that was how, how I started slinging. Then the school year ended, you know, around May, June, and um, I was faced with a decision. You know, I was able to get they, they scheduled me to get surgery. Uh, but by that time, I was I was checked out, man. I just decided that I was going to drop out of college and uh, become a full time drug dealer. You know, that was my thing. I just made my mind up. So that's what I did. I dropped out and just started slinging full time weed. Next thing you know, weed led to uh, led to ecstasy. That was the second drug that I, I ever that I tried that I got hooked on and I was selling it, using it. And then from there, man, it was just it was just game over. So, you know, this was me at seven, uh, 18 years old. All this is happening. And uh, one thing led to another. Uh, so I'm going from uh, ecstasy. And then I just started selling all these drugs, you know, meth, uh, coke, crack, all that stuff, experimenting with mushrooms, acid along the way. And um, it just it just led all the way up until um me, me, me getting arrested a few times along the way. And uh, ultimately, when I right after I turned 21, I got arrested for armed robbery, ended up spending 40 months in the California state prison system. And, um, you know, that prison did change my life, but I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, as I was, you know, as I was progressing as, as an addict and not realizing it, um, you know, I just... I just lost myself, lost who I was, you know, and, and um, it's just you realize now, I mean, I'm 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 grateful that I survived it because I, I could have could have died throughout that whole process. And um, just a lot of. A lot of uh, bad decisions, man. And when I look back, uh, weed led me to alcohol addiction. Um, it was probably took two years after 
doing the, 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 the weed and the ecstasy that I really got hooked on uh, alcohol. And that one really, that was the worst for me of, of everything I tried because I was able to consume alcohol more regularly than any other drug because I could function more off of it. Um, even though, you know, looking back, you're like, yeah, you weren't functioning really well, but, um, the alcohol really, uh, it, it just, it, 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 it led to just me getting a DUI it led to me just really, um, it was, I guess it was a blessing because I've really started to fall off in my decision-making. Um, after I started drinking alcohol, actually, I, it led to me joining a gang, actually a street gang, you know, a crib, uh, crib gang out in LA. And I realized now I'm like, looking back, you know, had I never been hooked on drugs and, and alcohol, I would have never, I never even had the thought of joining a gang, but it shows me that when you, you know, when you go down that path, you just don't know where it's going to lead. And, um, you know, look, I, I've been through recovery. Uh, I went through a program called chemical recovery and made me reflect. And uh, I realized that, you know, leading to my addiction, like how did I go from, you know, basically a normal kid with no history of, of crime and all that to, to getting hooked on drugs and becoming a criminal and then li and winding up in prison um, you know, it just, it was a trauma that I hadn't dealt with from childhood and it, it was, it wasn't any, um, like sexual trauma, but just the trauma of, of, you know, like father wounds and, you know, being a, being a young boy and my father was always there. He, he provided, but, you know, just, uh, you know, the, uh, the verbal abuse that makes you feel as a kid, you feel like, oh, I don't feel loved. I feel, uh, you know, you could be talked to a certain way and it, and it, and it, um, it, what it does is it takes away your, your confidence and your identity. So I grew up very insecure about myself because of how I was talked to and because of how I looked, you know, just, just being skinny and not strong. And, you know, you just, you just develop insecurity. And then at home, you're being told, um, you're being, all your faults are being pointed out. And then you're also being told like what you're not, you know, you're not this, you're not that. So I realized now growing up, I didn't, you know, all that stuff led up to me going and seeking outward validation from others versus being solidified within myself and who I was as a person, you know? So I didn't have uh, the confidence to stand on my own two feet around other people. I, I wanted to, to try to fit in. And so um, even, fast forwarding when I look back, uh, when I went to prison, I got clean, got sober and, uh, you know, got into the church and really re wanted to get out of prison and go on the straight and narrow path. Uh, however, I found myself repeating the same mistakes when I got out of prison. Like I didn't go back to the heavy drugs or anything like that. Um, actually I did at one point, but starting with just the alcohol, you know, just, just going out, drinking, hanging with friends. And it was all people pleasing. I'm not the type of person who likes to go out and do that, but I just found myself wanting to fit in again, you know, just seeking that outward validation. It was just, that's what's always been, uh, what's always led me to making bad decisions is just not having the confidence to stand on my own too and say, you know, I'm just going to be my own person. So, uh, you know, I took, I did, I was on parole for three years and just looking back, like I was so much grace and I was blessed because, um, I mean, I could have 
I could have gotten violated. You know, there's a couple of times I, I smoked weed um, while I was on parole, uh, drank alcohol, used cocaine. And um, I mean, I was just blessed that I didn't, you know, get caught up. But it was all people pleasing. You know, it wasn't, wasn't me going out and using drugs on my own and just saying, I'm just going to sit in this corner and get high. It was always about me hanging out with other people and, okay, this is what we're doing. I'm down, you know, wanting to be down, wanting to uh, be accepted. And uh, seeing that now, you know, I realize uh, I don't want to be that guy anymore. So I just realize now I have to stand on my own two feet, um, be confident in who I am. And, and I don't care, you know, just not, not caring if people are going to like me or not. Um, so, you know, just that whole uh man just addiction uh coming out of that now i'm i'm blessed i'm grateful and i've i've been given the opportunity you know out here on the streets and i have i'm married now i have four kids full time job career and um mind you i did uh i i did continue to drink up until july of this year um, so I put all this stuff down, but then I started drinking again after I finished chemical recovery. Uh, and again, you know, it was just wanting to fit in thinking it was cool. And, um, I would drink, you know, my wife would go out and have drinks. And I thought, you know, I, I was always lying to myself saying, oh, I'm just drinking with my wife socially, but I mean, alcohol and drugs ruined my life. You know, I almost, I could have lost my life. I lost my freedom. So to to lie to myself and say, oh, we're just having a good time. It's just us two. Um, that's how dangerous we, you know, our our mind and our feelings are, uh, if if we're not honest with ourselves. And so I had to get honest with myself and realize that, you know, I can't drink ever again. And so in July of this year, I just said never again. You know, I'm not alcohol. I'm done. Um, any form of drug, you know, weed, whatever. I'm done. I'm I can't do that anymore. And uh, we're in December now. So it's been six months. I've been clean, fully clean now. And I just, I have no plans on turning back. And, uh, you know, what I notice now is living sober, you know, just living a healthy lifestyle, getting up at a certain time, exercising, eating right, staying disciplined. Man, that that's brought me, it's changed my life. It's brought me inner peace. Um, my life's better. My family life's better. And I'm a better example for my kids, uh, for other just people, everyone, ever other family members to follow. And, you know, there's just a sense of pride when uh, when, you know, you've dropped all the vices and um, you're just you're choosing to live in a way that is that is that's harder. You know, you're not choosing to do what's easiest, but you're choosing just to be a disciplined person. And uh, I'm just just blessed to be able to share my story, you know, and, and still be out here and be alive, you know? So, you know, that, that's my story of addiction. Um, I lived it, I survived it. And, you know, now I get a chance to use my mistakes, um, to help other people, hopefully not repeat those mistakes or lead them out of it. If, if they already have, or already are. So, um, if he wants to, if anybody would, uh,
wants to reach out to me, talk to me, get to know more about me. I'm, I'm not hard to find. I'm on Instagram uh, at Ingram, I-N-G-R-A-M, Alex Fit, uh, at Ingram, Alex Fit on Instagram, on Facebook. It's just Alex Ingram. And, um, you know, if, if, if this struck a nerve and you want to reach out, I'm, I'm easy dude to get a hold of. So, man, uh, for, for anybody who's out there struggling still, going through it, uh, whether it's you're, you're just getting clean or you're trying to get clean or you're homeless or you don't have a job, like I've been there getting out of prison and, and being jobless, uh, vehicle-less, uh, money-less, and I just never lost hope. So that's what I could pass on to anybody, just no matter what situation you're in. Just never lose hope. Know that it gets greater later. That's what I've always told myself in prison. Uh, when we were on lockdowns and it was dark, I said, you know, it gets greater later. And, uh, and it has. So take that with you, man. Everybody stay strong out there. I send you my love. Stay blessed. It gets greater later. It gets greater later. I love that. Yeah, it's so true, too, yeah. man. Like, Definitely hope. Right? Does, it, does it feel like the further the further down the road we get, the better it gets? For uh, for me, it feels that way. Yeah, you know? I feel like it. I it feels to me like it's directly contingent to the amount of work that I'm willing to do. Yeah, you know, for I, sure. If I put in the work, it definitely has has proven to to get greater yeah. as I go. And this dude, I mean, Alex, thank you so much. Yeah, man, you know, that was great. You. That was awesome. You know, um, has put in some serious work. Like I love his Instagram because that's all that's on there is his work. You know, and, and knowing now his story behind who he is now is just mm-hmm. so inspirational, you know, coming yeah. from being an athlete, you know, like obsessed. It's kind of his first obsession. Yeah. yeah basketball. Basketball. And people were eight. fucking with him. Yeah. Like, what, all you're going to do is play basketball? He's like, yeah, that's all I'm going to do is play basketball. What? What? You know, and injury, injury, you know. Sidelined him. Yeah. So often I'm... Uh, when when he said that when he started talking about that i thought it was going to go down opiates, opiates yep you know because yep. that's super common and so we hear i mean from from the weed to the dealing you know obviously and the weed to the ecstasy yeah mm-hmm. who who doesn't yeah uh, who doesn't he was love talking it? about doing ecstasy like all the time like i was just like whew. yeah yeah but I mean, that's what it does. Like it just, you know, it's something, something will always get its hooks. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, and I think that's, that's, that's what it felt like for me. Like I tried a lot of stuff and then boom, the opiates, the yeah. opiates did it for me, yeah. you know, it was something for him, alcohol, right? Yeah. Yeah. The alcohol come in and like, finally there's something that he can do all the time that he can function with, Yeah, which is crazy. Or to so me. we think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, it was great, man. And, and then, and then to hear, you know, that that he went to jail, yeah, prison, prison, yeah. prison for for a minute. Went to prison, uh, joining, you know, gangs and like it, gangs in in L.A. Ain't no fucking joke, man. Oof. You know, that's he's lucky to be alive. I'm sure he saw some crazy shit. He didn't mm. get into a whole lot of different stories because his story was more solution based. But I imagine he saw some shit being in prison. You know, you know, dealing with that trauma, you know, gang street activity and and just continuing. Right. And then finding some solution in a program. Right. Mm-hmm. Being blessed like he, he counts his blessings. And, and I dig that. 
I really dig that. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and now his wife, him, him and his wife, you see them all the time on their page. You know, they, they both got into fitness and wellness and, and mm-hmm. so, you know, he put, the, he put everything down and super noble and, and is just on this great path to teach other people how to do it. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, we need more of. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, again, if he can reach one person. Yeah. Well, there's something about, there's something about the message coming from somebody who has been there. Yeah, for that sure. That makes all, all the difference, yeah. man. Like, I, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it if you didn't know how I felt. And I assumed that nobody knew how I felt. Yeah. And then when I found out that somebody didn't know how I felt and that they got better. Mm-hmm. I was hoping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, but... Yeah, and again, you know, that people-pleasing thing. Yeah. That's where we got the topic from. Like, like, all right, I guess I'll go out. He didn't want to go out. Mm -hmm. And now, like, just such a great story. Such a great guy. Yep. I I could relate with so much of it. Me too. It's great. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thanks Thanks again, Alex, Alex, so much. I hope... I hope uh, somebody listening, uh, you know, heard, heard something that they can use. Yeah. And hit him up. He, he, you know, he said that. Yeah. He left all his information. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well. Well. There you go, dude. Yeah. Another episode. Another great episode. Great topic. Fun in to the, navigate. In the bank. Yeah. Yeah, I do appreciate about. people pleasing, man. It's uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird topic, you know. We hear it thrown around a lot, and 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 yeah, like it's uh, it's, we're, I'm glad we got to discuss it. <laughs> yeah. Something to, I'll, I'll continue to think about. Me too. That, you know, how to navigate the difference between pleasing somebody and being of service. Yeah. 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 You know, am I, am I pleasing or am I being of service? And so, you know, speaking of being of service, if you want to be of service, you know, to the show, follow us, you know, check us out. We're on Instagram, the other side of hell one one the same thing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be of even greater service, check out Brainwash Coffee, who yeah. uh, supports the show. Um, 50% of all their proceeds go to a great cause and recovery, treatment centers. Um, I don't know what else they do, but 50% of everything they do goes back into the recovery community. Yep. Um, so that's a great way to be of service. Um, if you want to please a drink coffee drinker, you know, by yeah. all means, that's one and, of those. And let me just say, it's damn good coffee. It is. It yeah. really is damn good yeah. coffee. It's, so. uh, it's pretty good. And, uh, you know, that being said, if you want to share your story, um, you can send us an email at uh, the other side of hell at gmail.com. Also, check out our website, the other side of hell podcast.com for all things the other side of hell, including um, news and resources, um, uh, podcast merch. Merchandise. Nice merch over here. Willie's wearing this badass hoodie. Um, mm-hmm. It's got our logo on it. Um, and uh, just a lot of really great stuff there, and including uh, archives for the show. Um, so, you know, you can check it out there. We would love to, to, to hear from you. So you can contact us on the website as well. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Thank you, Cameron. Ah, uh, so, wonderful. Thank you, buddy. Wait, 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 wait. Jordan? <laughs> Thank what you. I do. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to cool. say thank you I before you Willie. Uh, We're good. Yeah. Oh. Whew. Yeah, you pleased us today. Thank God. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. For sure. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap it out, guys. Thank you for another great episode. And remember, you are worth the work. Yeah.
we will see you on the other side.